This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. God's warning today is Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. There's not a person in this room now who's not worthy to be cast into hell for his sins. God's warning today is Hebrews 9.27. Hebrews 9.27. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. There's not a person in this room here now that doesn't have an appointed time to die, after which there'll be judgment. God's warning today is 1 John 5.11 and 12. 1 John 5.11 and 12, where it says, this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that, on the one hand, he that hath the Son hath life, and on the other hand, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There's not a person in this room right now that either has the Son, has the Lord Jesus, and has eternal life, and will be brought into heaven after death, or does not have the Lord Jesus, does not have eternal life, and will be cast into hell and to death. And God wants everyone to hear this warning, that sin is unquestionable, that judgment is certain, and that heaven and hell are realities. And that's why it says in Isaiah 58.1, Isaiah 58.1, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob their sins. And when the watchman saw the danger, he blew the trumpet, which was a warning to the people. The sound of the trumpet was a warning. It was a warning. Ezekiel 33.3, Ezekiel 33.3. And when he seeth the sword come upon the land, and he blow the trumpet and warn the people. The sound of the trumpet was designed to strike fear. When you heard the trumpet, you were afraid. Amos 3.6, Amos 3.6. Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city the Lord hath not done it? The lion hath roared, who will not fear? 
You know, during World War II, if you lived in Hawaii and you heard the air raid sirens go off, you'd be afraid. And right, you should be. You'd remember Pearl Harbor. And you'd be afraid, but the tragedy then, the tragedy today, is when people hear the warning about judgment and that there's only one way to heaven. When they hear Jesus say in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And when people hear that, when that's heard, and the response is Jeremiah 6, 17, Jeremiah 6, 17, Also, I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. And God doesn't want anyone to be caught by surprise at death. God doesn't want anyone to die and wake up from death and say, I had no idea. Lord, Lord, there must be some mistake. Oh, I I preach in your name. I cast out devils in your name. This got to be wrong. You can't be saying to me, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. That can't be. He doesn't want anyone to be surprised like that. He doesn't want anyone to not respond to God's invitation to be saved from their sins. Just like today, God wants everyone to accept the great invitation by the Lord Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Just like in the, say in Los Angeles today, if they got a warning that there was a missile heading for Los Angeles, a nuclear warhead was already in the air and programmed to fly and destroy Los Angeles. So God warned Israel in Hosea 8.1, our chapter, verse here, God warned Israel in 8.1, he shall come as an eagle against the house of Israel because they've transgressed my covenant. And just like we see the picture of an eagle, an eagle when it's on a hunt, when it's on a mission, and it's soaring through the air, the eagle's strong. The eagle, and God's judgment is strong. The eagle is swift and furious. And that's what God's judgment is. It's swift and furious. The eagle darts out of the sky, and the prey is totally unsuspecting, totally surprised. Death comes to the loss. It's like a shock, and it hits the, the loss like an eagle darting out of the sky. And God wants so much to stop the eagle to stop the eagle from striking. God wants so much to destroy that nuclear warhead missile before it reaches Los Angeles. Why? Because God is the one who says in 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Who is God? God is 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, the Lord will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But God has one way to to stop the eagle. He has one way to destroy the nuclear warhead, one way to stop it, and that is John 3, 16. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth into him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not into him is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten of the Son of God. God's way to stop the eagle is 1 Corinthians 5, 7. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. And that was the greatest friendship that God could show to man. Greatest friendship 
There is friendship is, is John 15, 13. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. That was the covenant. That was the covenant that God referred to in Hosea 8, 1. Hosea 8, 1. They have transgressed my covenant. That was God's covenant of friendship with God. Friendship, a covenant, but a friendship with God. And to turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ to show this greatest friendship is to transgress God's covenant of friendship. And so when the eagle strikes, there's a cry. And the cry is in verse 2, Hosea 8.2, Hosea 8.2, Hosea 8.2. Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. It's a horrible thought. God wants us to think about that. He writes it for us. He thinks about it. Think about it. That when the eagle strikes, when judgment falls, Israel cries. The word is za'ak in Hebrew there for cry. It's very strong. It's a, it's a shriek, a shriek of terror, like a desperate cry. Really, verse 2 literally reads, To me they will shriek, my God, we know thee. We, Israel, that's how it, re- it reads literally, Israel's at the end. It says, to me, they will shriek, my God, we know thee. We, Israel, we, Israel, we know thee. See, by putting that the word at the end there, Israel, at the very end of the plea in verse 2, it's Israel saying to God, God, we're not just any people. We're, we're not Tanzanians. We're Israel. We're your people. We're your people. It's Israel relying on their birth. I've been told by rabbis, uh, have told me before, they said, hell? Oh, that's a Gentile thing. All Jews are going to heaven. That's what I've been told. I said, oh, I didn't know. Because we're born Jews. But John the Baptist had a different view. John the Baptist had a different view when he was talking to the religious leaders who propagated this false confidence. Uh, you're going to heaven because you're Jew. In Matthew 3.9, Matthew 3.9, John the Baptist says, think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Don't think, John told the Pharisees. Don't keep saying in yourself that you'll be saved because of your lineage. Don't Don't deceive yourself. Don't trick yourself into thinking that the eagle is not now in flight. It is. Don't intoxicate yourself. Don't intoxicate yourself with the lie that the eagle will not strike. When the eagle strikes, the Lord Jesus says it's going to be like Matthew 7.22, Matthew 7.22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That means... In Matthew 7.22 means, when many will say, Lord, Lord, they will say it with a za'ak, with a shriek, with a shriek of shock, as if to say, there must be some mistake here. We cannot be cast into hell. We've got a record. We preach. We cast out devils. We do many wonderful works. But the Lord will say, he never, he'll say, I never knew you. I never knew you. Hosea 8.2, Hosea 8.2. He will say, Matthew 7, I never knew you, Hosea 8.2. Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. 
Israel rely on their knowledge of God, just like many today will say they have knowledge about Jesus. They attended church. They attended Bible studies, just like Israel will say they had the knowledge of God, and Israel did have the knowledge of God, and Israel was given the knowledge of God more than any other people. Romans 3.1, Romans 3.1. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because it unto them were committed the oracles of God. Romans 9.4, Romans 9.4. Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises, whose are the fathers, and of who, as concerning the flesh, Christ, the Messiah, came, who's over all. Israel knew what it was like to be a, the adopted people of God. Israel knew the covenant of circumcision. Israel knew what it was like to serve God. Israel knew the law of God. They knew the Torah. Israel knew God's promises. Israel knew God's Messiah would come through them more than any other people. Israel had the knowledge of God. And the problem is, is to rely on this unique knowledge of God to think that that's going to make me acceptable with God. It's all I need. I got it. I know I got. Because the problem is that all the knowledge about God is not enough to make anyone acceptable with God. It's not enough to keep anyone from being judged for their sins. It's not enough to keep anyone from being cast into hell. It's not enough to save anyone. It's so amazing to see how a person can abandon God but not abandon religion. It's so amazing to see how a person can abandon God but not abandon worshipful music. It's so amazing to see how a person can abandon God but not prayer, not abandon prayer. And speaking of prayer, that's what we see in verse 2. Prayer. It's the prayer, my God, we know thee. That's uh, Hosea 8.2, Hosea 8.2. It's a prayer. My God, we know thee. That's a beautiful prayer. Beautiful prayer. My God, we know thee. But that prayer did not stop the eagle from striking. And those are beautiful words. My God, we know thee. But those beautiful words did not stop the eagle of judgment from striking. Reminds me one Sunday morning at Park Street Church in Boston Commons when the pastor led the church in, in morning prayer and there was a reporter in the group there from the Boston Globe in the audience and the pastor pr prayed a beautiful prayer, beautiful prayer. And the next morning the reporter in the Boston wrote, that was the most eloquent prayer ever prayed to a congregation. That's how you put it. Almost like a formula, like a formula. Formula prayers. Formula prayer was, Israel shall cry unto me, my God, we know thee. But that prayer did not stop the eagle from flight. My God, we know thee. Because that was not a prayer of, my God, we know thee as Jehovah Jesus. That was not a prayer of John 10, 1030. John 1030, I and my father are one. And the Jews took up stones against to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed thee from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, 
For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou being a man makest thyself God. That prayer in verse 2, my God, we know thee, was not enough to stop the eagle because it was not a prayer of my God, we know thee intimately, personally, individually as the Messiah who died for my sins. 1 Corinthians 15.3, 1 Corinthians 15.3, Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures. That prayer of verse 2, my God, we know thee, didn't turn the eagle around because it was not a prayer of my God, we know thee as sinners, dirty, rotten sinners who have been washed from our sins in your own blood. 1 John 1.7, 1 John 1.7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That prayer in verse 2, my God, we know thee, was not enough to stop the eagle because it was not enough It was not enough because it was not a prayer of, my God, we know thee as those who have given themselves to follow the Lamb of God who took away our sins. Revelation 14.4, Revelation 14.4. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. That prayer in in verse 2, my God, we know thee, was not enough to stop the eagle of judgment because it was not a prayer of, my God, we know thee as the Lamb that we cling to, we identify with. Matthew 16, 24, Matthew 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Acts 11, 23, Acts 11, 23, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. You know, there's a great danger today, a great danger. The danger is, Churchianity instead of Christianity. I'm for church. Church is important, but church can eclipse Jesus. And the risk with church is being so tied to a local church that there's no tie to the Lord Jesus. A link to religion without a link to the person of Christ, that's the danger. Just this last week, I was speaking to a son who lost his father. And I told him that when I lost my wife, how I needed the Lord Jesus more than ever before, the Lord Jesus filled the void left by my wife. And his response was, well, we are a religious family. Religion is not the same as Christ himself. Knowing about Christ without knowing Christ, that's the issue here. So God explains what happened with Israel. What happened with Israel in uh, verse 3, verse 3, Hosea 8.3. Israel hath cast off the thing that is good. Israel has cast off the good. What's good? What's good? Psalm 14.1, Psalm 14.1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and to seek God. The Lord looked down from heaven and ask the question, is there anyone on earth that does good? Is there anyone that I can find that's good? And he said, no, there's, there was none. And a man came to the Lord Jesus one day in Mark 10, 7, Mark 10, 7, when, when, when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him, asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may, have, may inherit eternal life? The Lord heard that word good. The man says, good master, what should I do that I may... What, what, what good thing should I do? I may have eternal life. He says, good? He says, good? And he decides to ask the man the same question he asked. 
He asked the disciples in Matthew 16, 15, Matthew 16, 15, he said, he saith unto them, his disciples, whom say ye that I am? Whom say? So the Lord picked up on that word good. That man called the Lord Jesus good. And he asked that man, who do you think I am? Whom do you say that I am? Who do you think I am? In the next verse, Mark 10, 18, Mark 10, 18, Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one. That's God. And the Lord is saying to that man, you just called me good. There's only one person who's good. That's God. And with that statement, the Lord Jesus was challenging that man. Do you see that the Lord Jesus was good because the Lord Jesus was God? Because that's the link. And then the Lord Jesus put that man to the test to see if he really believed he was God or not. Because it goes on in Mark 10, 21. Mark 10, 21, Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. If that man really believed that Jesus was God, then that man would have understood, God is telling me, God's got a deal for me. Sell everything I have, give it to the poor, and God says, I'll give you a hundredfold more. So that's what he said. There's nobody that's left on earth that he hasn't received a hundredfold. He says, God was promising to give him greater riches in heaven and God says in verse 3, Hosea 8, 3, Hosea 8, 3, Israel has cast off the thing that is good. God is saying Israel's cast God off, like being in a boat. I always look at that term, cast off. You're going to be in a boat, and the boat's got to be lightened. You've got to lighten up the boat. So whatever is not needed, whatever is not necessary, cast it off, reject it, throw it away, put it overboard. That's God saying in verse 3, Israel cast off God cast off the boat of their lives, cast God out of the boat of their lives. When does a person do that? When does a person cast off God? A person casts off God when he wants nothing to do with God again. He casts God off. When a person casts off learning about God, that person is casting off God. When a person casts off hearing with the Shema type of hearing, Shema hearing is different. Shema hearing is hearing with an intentional, intentional hearing, intention to obey God. That's when a person casts off God. When a person casts off prayer, a person casts off God. When a person casts off giving their money to God, their resources to God, a person is casting off God. When a person is casting off assembling themselves together, whatever you call it, if you call it fellowship, you call it congregation, that's what church means, congregation, that person is casting off God. When a person casts off worshiping God, that person is casting off God. When a person casts off trusting God and stop leaning to his own understanding, when it stops doing that, then a person casting off God. When a person stops doing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. When a person casts off fearing God and keeps on sinning without any hesitation, secret sins, double life, a person's casting off God. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.